Football is back. And right now, Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last, or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favorite online betting company. Bet365 has wall-to-wall Premier League football, with games being played nearly every day. And with the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals, and more to create your own personalized bet. And if you can't watch all the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment via live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favorite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and the Apple App Store. Over 18s only, and please gamble responsibly. I'm Carl Anker, and welcome to Talk of the Devils, the Manchester United podcast from The Athletic. This week, Paul Pogba's smiling, Juan Bissaka's crossing the halfway line, and Anti Martial is making near post runs. It's very strange. Manchester United seem to be good. They've had a comprehensive 3-0 win against Sheffield United. Oli's at the wheel, and it's now 13 games unbeaten. The team's in fifth, only two points behind Chelsea in fourth. I have the Athletics Manchester United writer, Laurie Whitwell, with me, fresh from Old Trafford. Hi, Laurie. Hi, Carl. You okay? Fresh indeed, yes. Well, not quite fresh, because it was very hot out there, so I'm, I'm looking a bit dilapidated right now. I'm wondering, what, what's the sight of, of Old Trafford in, in near emptiness? It was a bit of a, a wow feeling for me going out there, just because I knew they were going to do this fan mosaic thing, but the actual sight of it in, in the flesh was was really impressive. You know, they had you know, thousands of, of pictures of fans all over the stadium. And when you walk out, it, it, it's obviously artificial and, you know, it's nowhere near as good as when there's actual fans in the place. But in the circumstances, I was I was pretty impressed with what United produced. The fact that it, it went all the way around the stadium and basically made you at least feel like other people were there, even if the sound wasn't, you know, anywhere near the same. And it actually gave me, I know I, I rabbited on about that new camp game that I went to in 99 and how we walked out into that when it was full, because obviously we had our tickets robbed. And it kind of gave me a similar kind of feel just because you don't really get that in matches usually you know we're where a couple of hours before the game and it, fl- it fills up slowly so yeah not not the same and I don't want anyone thinking that I'm advocating this as a, as a long-term solution to anything but it, it was a, at least decent in the circumstances. Also with us on the podcast is United We Stand editor and contributing writer to The Athletic Mr Andy Mitten. Andy how you doing? I'm fine I'm pleased about that result for Manchester United I felt that they had to win that game and I tweeted before the match that 12 wins out of 30 really it's not good enough and I see that Wolves are doing well and I think if United get a good run of form then they can be pushing for, for fourth maybe even third as well but I was very pleased with the way Manchester United played Anthony Martial got the hat-trick and I know we'll come to talk about this uh, two assists from Marcus Rashford great to see Pogba and Hernandez playing together some lovely lovely moments lovely moves uh, Wambasaka getting forward, crossing. Um, yeah, I'm really pleased because I think there's a sense that Sheffield United, oh, it's only Sheffield United. Well, actually, they've got the third best defence away from home in the league. They've only lost three games away from home in the league. And United couldn't beat them at Bramall Lane in November. So I think it's a really good result. And looking at the, the fixtures coming up, they're pretty favourable in Manchester United's favour. So you asked how I am. I'm pretty happy and I'm pretty optimistic. 3-0 win makes everyone happy. Now, to celebrate the return of the Premier League, the Athletics offering 40% off new subscribers for a limited time only. So if you're listening to this podcast, wondering about all the one four articles we're talking about, all the deep dives and stats and all the human stories and basically what it's like being at Old Trafford when it's closed. Go to athletic.com slash manunitedpod right now and you can sign up for less than £3 a month. That's £3 a month for some of the best football writing on the planet Earth. So sign up and enjoy unrivaled coverage and insight onto Manchester United. A 3-0 win. 
I believe through a magical podcasting, I can uh, hit a button and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to talk to you about what happened after the game. There's been games that we have dominated and we haven't took our chances. So we need to take our chances. That's what I'm saying. Today we created enough uh, to win by by more and other games we have created enough to win them, but we haven't taken them. So we need to take the chances and the, the last pass be aggressive and progressive enough with our passing. Laurie, I've, I saw your tweets throughout the game and you were talking a lot about the improvement Manchester United are making in terms of scoring scruffy goals and, and running near post. Anthony Martial scored two goals by running near post. It looks a bit weird. Is Onegon Solskjaer coaching the team? <laughs> I think I tell you what, Carl, I think he just might be. Um, I mean, listen, if he can't coach a team how to score goals, then something really is wrong because he obviously was the one of the best at it. And the fact that Martial scored six yards out, eight yards out, that's the kind of goal he wants to see. And I think actually he said, it might have been to us or it might have been to, to Sky afterwards, that although the third goal was the probably most sumptuous goal, wasn't it? It was a gorgeous goal to watch. He was more pleased with those first two because that's the kind of thing that he's been uh, teaching them, you know, preaching to them. And that is how Anthony Martial will score with regularity. Um, he's, he's on 19 goals now for the season. He's going to make 20 for the first time in his career. It's his best season for United. It's, it's brilliant. You know, the, the hat-trick, first Premier League hat-trick since since uh, Robin Van Persie, which is a crazy start, but you know, great that that's finally put, been put to bed. In terms of what he said to us in the press conference afterwards, he actually, Solskjaer was, was pretty uh, ruthless, really. And, you know, we, we've seen this side to him before. And whilst he was pleased with what United had done, he actually said that they were a bit lackadaisical at times. So I sort of asked him, is that the style of football that you want to see on a regular basis? You know, they had more possession, more touch in the opposition box. And we've known previously in the season that they've actually struggled when they've had more possession, that they've you know, lost and drawn on, on occasions when they've had more of the ball. This was one of those times where they had the ball and they were creating chances. They, they suffocated Sheffield United, who admittedly looked tired. They had, you know, third game uh, in a week, or, you know, third game since the return of football. So that they are they do have some mitigation there, but, they, but United really did put their foot on the throw and that's why Solskjaer I think he's actually a bit disappointed that it wasn't more than 3-0 because they could have made a real statement victory you know uh, Rashford slightly miscued a couple of chances there was other opportunities where a slightly better pass or a better through ball better thought would have created another chance so I can see where Solskjaer is coming from and you know he's he's setting the ambitions kind of high in, in this in, in if we uh, accept that United aren't going to win the league this season because he's he's after third you know he's looking at Leicester it's only six points now behind Leicester and they've not you know drawn two matches since the return of, of football and they had sort of interesting is perhaps one word to describe their run towards the end of, of lockdown sorry before lockdown came so they are they, you know and it's last game of the season when United go to King Power Stadium and face Leicester so they are within sight I think so that's why I think Solskjaer's sort of a bit frustrated with the scoreline that could have been more and also you know setting targets fairly high so Laurie's watching in Old Trafford I watched from my home with this with the uh, crowd noise switched off and Andy tell me how did you experience Manchester United today it was actually the first game in 30 years that United we stand and any of the Manchester United fanzines were not on sale at Old Trafford. So I'll be lying if I said part of me wasn't feeling very, very sad uh, about that. I can go to the game as a journalist, but I can't get into the UK at the moment because of where I've been during lockdown with my family. So until the quarantine laws are lifted, which I expect them to be soon. Uh, that's restricting where I can watch the football. So it was a new one watching watching football on TV, and I did enjoy the game. Uh, I did find that you can see more of some aspects uh, of the match, and 
but it's it's just not the same. I like the way that Old Trap look. I know that a lot of effort has gone on behind the scenes by fan groups um, such as the Red Army, such as the Stratford M Flags, to get the stadium looking like it was. And I think it looks better than any of the other grounds. And I don't think I'm being biased there. And I, I don't know why you felt Laurie being inside the stadium, but I thought that the the simple uh, bar scarves behind the Stratford end uh, looked well. In terms of picking out above what, and beyond what I've already said, I'd like to talk about Marcus Rashford. People will say, okay, he's been back a couple of games and not scored. Well, he hadn't played since January. It's going to take a little bit of time. But I, I would praise him for the way that he set up both the goals. The first one, he's been told which areas goals tend to be scored in. And I'm, I think he's getting in good positions. Uh, he's getting beyond the holding midfielder on the transition. And you can see he's very frustrated because he did have a chance in the first half where he, he fluffed it, basically, uh, in front of the Stratford end. And he looked a little bit surprised to get it, but... A top-class striker should be scoring goals like that. And I think that amid all the positives, and there are many, you can pick a lot out from from the whole team and also individuals. I think once he finds his form and finds his way, um, then it actually really excites me what I'm seeing with Manchester United at the moment. I know that the team are only fifth. I know that they've not picked up enough points so far this season, but Pogba and Fernandez, especially... Uh, Fernandez since he arrived. Look at the statistics. I've been tweeting after every game since that that Burnley match, uh, and and now we're up to fourteen, uh, thirteen matches unbeaten, um, thirty goals scored, three conceded. It's uh, it, it, it's really encouraging, and I'm not getting carried away at all. I still think that there needs to be a couple of additions to the team uh, to get to a level where they're challenging for the title. But I stuck by Oli when. And it wasn't always easy when he was getting a lot of stick, especially in October and especially in January. But I think you're starting to see the results of the work that he's put in. And people who say it's only Sheffield United, well, as I said, there's reasons why that they're a hard team to beat. But Manchester United have now beaten Manchester City three times this season. They've beaten Chelsea away twice. And I'm just pretty encouraged about the whole situation. There always needs to be a talking point. A few days ago, it was De Gea. Uh, because he probably should have saved the goal at Tottenham. But look, 10, 10 clean sheets in 13 matches, that's outstanding. It's really, really good. And OK, a couple of the uh, the, the errors were because of, of David De Gea, but, but come on. I think there's lots of room for, for encouragement um, at the moment. One thing that struck me in the first half was a little moment where Bruno picked the ball up and drove towards the Sheffield United goal. And I think it was a Sheffield United midfield, just more or less threw himself in front of Bruno, expecting him to do an outside of the outside the box shot. And Bruno just sort of moved it past him, laid it off, and then the ball went out wide right to Wan Basaka. That is a confident player. If the fact that people are throwing themselves at you when you're outside the box because they know you want to shoot, um, that exemplifies what Manchester United are going for going forward. Laurie, you're in the stadium. You can hear better than anyone else what everyone's yelling at each other. Did anything strike you about United at home? Harry Maguire was very loud when Luke Shaw wasn't quite uh, alert to the danger of, I think, Lise Mousset um, intercepted a Paul Pogba pass. Fucking switch on was the Maguire command. So, and he said it was, you know, the kind of security and, and, and assurance that you'd expect from a United captain. And that's that's what they need. They need a rollick every now and again when when stuff isn't quite right. And, and it was he was the guy actually in last um, 
uh, that was make the most vocal. So that that rung true. There were other elements. Nemanja Matic had uh, some words for his midfielders when they didn't track back enough for a Sheffield United counter attack. And that's, I suppose, the consideration that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's got when he's playing Pogba and, and, and Bruno Fernandes. It was fantastic seeing them link up because I think they both alleviated the pressure on the other one to, to be that main creator. They both demand the ball. They can both do special things, different kind of things. Paul Pogba, the way he creates chances is different to the way that Bruno Fernandes creates chances, I think. So they both offer different things, but you need Nemanja Matic there, who I think was, was class again, to, to be you know the disciplined holding midfielder. And he would talk to them you know, and try and get them into position. But I think it is really encouraging. And I'm glad that he started Pogba in this game because obviously... He didn't start at Tottenham, and he, he, you know, a few people that perhaps I don't know don't quite appreciate the 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 length of time that Pogba's been out for. I know everyone's been out, uh, you know, with with coronavirus crisis hitting us, but it's a different kind of thing to start a match like that fresh out the gate when he hadn't started one since September the thirtieth. And obviously, I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back for the for the story that we spoke about on the podcast last week. Because if people don't listen, hopefully they'll keep listening for little nuggets like that that we might be able to drop into the podcast um, in terms of him being on the bench for the game. But I was glad that he started this game because we saw that the full potential if he's switched on, if he wants to stay at the club, that he could produce with with Bruno Fernandes. It, it is quite exciting not every game will be like that they won't have the they won't be able to boss it like that they won't be able to necessarily leave as much behind them as as they did but I think it was a really fruitful uh, beginning to the partnership Harry's sponsors Talk of the Devils a podcast brought to you by The Athletic Harry's was founded by Jeff and Andy two ordinary guys who are sick and tired of overpriced raises Jeff and Andy knew there was only one way to ensure quality so they bought their own factory and now by taking less profit Harry's offers great quality products for a fairer price Their amazing quality blades are now almost half the price of the leading five blade brand. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Now, if you're listening to this and you have a little bit of a lockdown beard and you want to get back to your usual self, I recommend Harry's. Everything in there sorts out everything you need. It does let me uh, do the finer lines for my beard. So, as a listener of Talk of the Devils, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Please support our podcast and you can get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, a five blade cartridge, foaming shave gel and a travel blade cover by going to harrys.com slash talk of the devils right now. That's harrys.com slash talk of the devils. Andy, I want to throw this to you. I want to get your thoughts. It was sort of at times a 4-1-4 really with Matic being like the holding guy and Pogba and Bruno getting forward. How did you see it? I thought Pogba played uh, deeper than he played at Tottenham on Friday because he he was brought on in that game with Manchester United being behind. Uh, Matic, the word I would use, is is control. He doesn't give the ball away. and He does have a little bit of a reputation for being a crab in terms of putting the ball side to side, left and right all the time. I don't think that's necessarily fair. I think he's quite a forward, aggressive passer and he's been one of the best players so far in this calendar year and, and his fortunes have turned around completely since the start of the season and I know he's he's very happy, happy with life, happy uh, with uh, what's going on at Manchester United and when you get a squad where the majority of players are having the manager, supporting the manager, liking what he's doing, um, you can see it changes and I'll go back to the quote which Ollie gave me a few months ago, I'd, I'd rather have a hole in the team than an arsehole. I think you're finding that Players who could have been problematic, maybe, you know, Paul Pogba, he wanted to leave. But if he's happier and he's playing well in a winning team, alongside players like Fernandez, who has completely transformed Manchester United's fortunes, then it just feeds in to this positive feeling around the team. And then look in the dressing room. Pogba has been the main man, but who looks up to him most? 
Anthony Martial. He scored a hat-trick. So again, it's another positive. And if you compare it to the end of last season, those final games, which were pretty horrific, it is the opposite of that. Andy, you've written a fantastic piece on the Athletic right now about the mile radius around Old Trafford and uh, the people that the pubs, the vendors, the uh, ticket touts even, that sort of live and work around Old Trafford and what it's like when that when everything essentially you can't, you know, they're playing behind closed doors. This story, the agenda is dominated largely by money, which is paid by the TV companies, which means that football comes back because for financial reasons. But there are also financial interests um, from the businesses around Old Trafford. So the pubs, many of them survive only because Manchester United are there. And for the piece, I spoke to the landlord of the Bishop uh, Blaze pub. He has 600 people in there on, on a match day. And it's really busy the day before and the day after the game. I spoke to Chris, the general manager at Hotel Football. They've given over the rooms to NHS staff, which is fantastic. But they're a hotel. They need to sell hotel rooms to stay in business. And it was quite nice talking to them because Chris was a Plymouth Argyle fan who's been to 76 of the United League grounds. And Ben, who runs a Bishop Blaze, is a Stockport County fan who goes home and away. So it's not all just blinded by this redness of Manchester United fans. But I did speak to Tony Vase, who's run a stall outside Old Trafford um, since the 60s, as has Malcolm Hancock, Stretford lad. And I got some interesting stories. You know, the, the, the swagmen, as they're called, and a lot of them aren't jolly swagmen because they're sort of gruffy Mancunians. They'd ordered the half-and-half half scarves, the much-maligned half-and-half half scarves, or match-day scarves, as they call them, for the last game at home. They were expecting 4,000 Austrian fans. They'd had the, the match-day badges made for the Sheffield United game, and they'll just be pulped or whatever the equivalent of the, for badges is. Um, I know about the fanzines, and because I've edited United We Stand for a long time, so when you're walking down to Matt Busby Way and you hear those familiar cries... Um, such as coming from the fanzines, you, the smells of the of the burning onions, uh, all that has completely gone. And Manchester United, and to a lesser extent Manchester City, are a massive pull in terms of bringing people into the city of Manchester. They bring tourists from around the world. And then, of course, you've got the majority of the fans who go to every game. They're not in the market for, for staying in the hotel. Um they're not in the tourist market. They're not going to be buying half-and-half half scarves. But there's this huge um, world around the football club and it just had to pause, completely pause, completely stop. And one of the stallholders said to me, I don't just need some fans back. I need, I need all of the fans back because 90% of my business comes from 10% of the crowd. And his customers are, are tourists who come from far and wide. So even if they're letting a couple of fans back in, it's going to be no good to him. And everyone's circumstances are different. Nobody will have any sympathy with, with the ticket touts, but the guy I spoke to anonymously was saying, well, it's not been that good anyway. That's partly because Manchester United have not been that good for a long time. But uh, things are, I think things are improving, so maybe even in their line they'll start to pick up as well. Hello, I'm James Richardson, host of the Totally Football Show, now part of the Athletics Podcast Network. We're going to be here following all the action as the 2020 football season reaches its belated conclusion. And if you're an Athletics subscriber, you can now hear exclusive ad-free versions of our show on the Athletic app. 
And don't worry, if you're not a subscriber, you can still listen to us for free with the occasional word from our sponsor by searching for The Totally Football Show on Apple, Spotify and all the usual podcast places. The Totally Football Show with me, James Richardson, still totally free and now totally ad-free on The Athletic. The FA Cup, that's a competition Manchester United can still win. Laurie, what do we know about how Oli's going to approach this tournament going forward? I suppose, given the fact that he didn't make any subs until, uh, what was it, sort of 75th minute, and then he made five. I think that's a first, right? I don't know. I don't it actually is. check it. It will be one for the pub quiz people going forward. I knew forward. you'd know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that when it would happen, but you know, when you, the, the game's still going on, I didn't have time to check it. But listen, yeah, so a bit of a, a nice uh, start there. But I think the fact that he didn't make any changes to his team um, up until that point suggests to me that he's going to make quite a few for the FA Cup game not because he doesn't want to win the FA Cup he, he mentioned the FA Cup in his post-match um, analysis again he very much would like to win that, that trophy it's, it's a piece of silverware an important piece of silverware but I think he probably looks at the Norwich situation and thinks we could beat them with you know some changes to our team you've still got Scott McTominay you've still got Dan James Fresh Juan Mata who played very well against Norwich in the, in the uh, league game at home uh, to all come back in obviously then he'd still have the substitutes that he could bring on you know if, if he didn't start Anthony Marshall or um, you know whoever else I know you're a big Marshall fan aren't you Carl so you, you probably want him starting every game but I mean he, he was he was he was fantastic today wasn't he and I know he's, he's had a good time against Norwich in the past him, him and Rashford I think first showed the flickers of what they can do in that Norwich game at Carrow Road it reminded me of that again today the kind of understanding and the quick passing between the two of them but uh, I, I think I can see a few changes at Norwich, but with the same instinct to go on and win that competition because it, it could be a really important thing for, for Oli to win in his you know first full season as manager. I agree. The FA Cup is really important in the history of Manchester United. I think they should be going all out to win that game. And that Norwich game you refer to, you're absolutely right. That was such a must-win game at the end of October because it came at the end of a terrible month. And I remember speaking to a couple of people inside the club and they said, if we don't win that, I'm worried about the manager. And that was only an opinion. It wasn't a fact. He wasn't going to lose his job if they didn't. But that was a, that was you know people who who like Ollie trust what Ollie's doing, but also acknowledge that the results were nowhere near good enough. But Norwich have Norwich have been having a stinking um, time of late. Manchester United should go there and put them out of sight and get into the FA Cup semi final. And if he can finish this season with United winning the FA Cup, then this season can be classed as a, as a success. If they don't win the FA Cup, if United don't win the the Europa League, and if United don't finish in the top four, I think it's very hard to, to class it as a success. Any other order of business before we wrap up? Any other players that should be a standout performance? I know I mentioned him earlier, but Matic was one that I thought, again, just looked quality. And I wrote back in March that he could potentially stay beyond 2021. Solskjaer was asked about that afterwards and he definitely didn't downplay it. So that's one to watch because I think he really does provide balance. And Mason Greenwood was another one. I felt, again, deserved to start the match after coming on as a sub and making a real impact at Spurs. And I wrote a piece before the Spurs game of the fact that he, he looked bigger to me just from, from from looking at the pictures, the training pictures, asked a few questions and apparently he's, he's put on three kilogram of muscle, which a few people were debating, can you put three kilogram of muscle on in, in 12 weeks? Listen, I don't know the exact science, but I think you can you can just about get there if you're an elite footballer. And, and listen, maybe it's not 
all pure muscle, but he still looks sharp. And I think we saw at one point, actually, he went up for a header with one of the central defenders for Sheffield United, who were obviously, you know, not not too far from being bruising uh, centre-halves. And, and he won the header, he out-muscled him. And that's the kind of stuff that Solskjaer wanted to see. And myself and Andy actually both asked Solskjaer about Mason Greenwood independently of each other. We didn't sort of have a, have a, have a word with each other before going into the Zoom press conference and to sort of get our orders in order. We, we, uh, we just sort of did, you know, thought, both of us it was an interesting subject and he answered my question one way and he answered yours in a, in a different way didn't he Andy? Yeah but it was worth doing it even though we hadn't intended to because we both got different points which we could both use to add some more detail to to the piece and Greenwood's had a fantastic season and if you can ask me about other players I want to like to pick out it would be Aaron Wambasaka. I wrote a piece for the Athletic after he played at Tottenham he made his, his 100th tackle and I'm not always a man for, for, for stats like that, but no Manchester United player has, has come close to making so many tackles. And I know Graham Soonis was quite disparaging about him before the Tottenham game, but I thought he played well again against Sheffield United. And he will have tougher matches, but I love the fact he was in a position to put the ball across um, f- for the goal. And when you think of the number of players who've had difficult first seasons at Old Trafford, and probably the best example if we're comparing to Ambersack, would be Wilfred Zaha, young lad moving from South London, from Crystal Palace to Manchester United, and didn't work out for him. And there the were reasons on both sides why it didn't work out. And Ambersack has moved to the north. He's had a really good uh, first season at Old Trafford, and nobody's saying that he's, he's Maldini yet, mm. but <laughs> he's, he's he's he has got the attributes to become better and better, and to be the answer to that right-back position, which had become a problem because there'd not been any real sort of stable player in that position for a long time. And he's played, I think he's played all but three of the league matches. So I've been really encouraged by by Wan-Bissaka. And yes, going forward, his delivery does need to be better, but I wouldn't have anyone else trying to tackle a player, a top player running at Manchester United's goal. If they had to pick one, it, it, it would be him. So a little nod to him. I'm going to say thank you to Laurie. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Andy. And thank you to Andy. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Laurie. And uh, thank you for listening, because this is another episode of Talk of Devils podcast, a Manchester United podcast brought to you by The Athletic. We'll be back next week.